0: Here we go.
1: Exactly. you Be still, my soul.
2: Good morning, Pope. I am in the middle of a massive remodel, hence the work overalls. However, preaching the gospel comes first and foremost for me. Uh, today we're gonna be jumping back into the book of Romans. We ended on verse five last time, and so today we're gonna be looking at six through 11. And what we're gonna be considering is just a theme that we need to consider every single day as believers because we often forget the power of this great truth and that is on our worst day, God is crazy about us. Nothing motivates the believer like the love of God but we need to understand what that love is and this powerful passage in Romans defines God's love in some really, really clarifying ways that helps us actually understand sort of the heart of the gospel itself You know, Luther referred to the gospel as the alien work of God. And when we really consider what it costs God to offer to us free grace, it's really quite mind-boggling. I mean, again and again, I love to quote from Paul Zoll's book, uh, Grace in, in Practice, because Paul Zoll states that grace is love that seeks you out when you have nothing to give in return. And that's good news for us, because often we feel like we have nothing to give. (laughs) Grace is love coming at you and has nothing to do with you. That's good news, even though it's kind of offensive because we like to believe that we're somehow more lovable than we actually are. Uh, But the fact is, is that we're often not very lovable. Grace is being loved when you are unlovable. How quickly we forget those realities. Isn't this why the gospel is not good advice about what we should do, but it's good news about what has already been done for us. It connects us to the powerful three words in 1 Corinthians 13 verse eight, love never ends, it lasts. Literally in the Greek it means it, it cannot fall or collapse. This love never folds under pressure even the most intense and sustained kind, and many of you are under that pressure right now. This love continues through death into eternity. This is the love of God, and this is why we have a hope that will not put us to shame, because God's love, this immovable reality, has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You know, suffering can make us feel like God doesn't care about us. But the fact is, is that even suffering can be a vehicle by which God's love can work its transformative work in our lives, preparing us for the best which is yet to come. In verses 6 through 11, Paul kind of gives us three facets to God's love that I think will be helpful. And and I always like to continue to look at the love of God from different angles because you can never come to an end of exploring it. But most importantly, what I want for you, what I want for myself, is I want us to be a people that are experiencing it because love is the only real evidence. Agape love being manifested in God's people is the only real evidence that we are truly changed. Paul says this in verses six through eight, and here we see the initiative of God's love. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How many times have you heard me say grace is unfair? Well, no passage in scripture defines the unfair nature of grace more fully than this. That God initiated a movement toward a humanity that was at war with Him, that had rejected Him, that continues to reject Him. That God is in the business of reconciling to himself a lost humanity. God's love being unconditional, God's love being incomparable. This is why I always like to define God's love as elective, that it is that it is the free act of God. It's in his freedom that he chooses to love sinners in their sin, that it is an unmotivated love, um, or a better way of putting it, that it's motivated from within not from without. God's love is its own motivation. Because of this, it is free, it is victorious, it is immovable, and it is unconditional. In 1 John chapter 4, what is what is John write? He says in this is love, not that we have loved God. We didn't love him. We weren't even thinking about him. We couldn't even come to God unless he initiated that love, moved toward us in our brokenness. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And once again, it's not that he just proclaimed over his creation that he loved us. No, his love is proven by the fact that he sent his son to be a propitiation, a sacrifice for our sins. God loves us because it is the nature of his activity and the activity of his nature, if I could borrow from Karl Barth. If you're wondering if this is just a New Testament concept, of course not. Grace is seen from cover to cover. It was God who was first walking in the garden toward a lost humanity when our first parents hid in shame after eating of the forbidden fruit. It's God who continually puts himself before sinful humanity calling humanity back to Himself. Jeremiah 31 verse three says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. God is never reluctant to love us as we are. But the fact is, is that we are often reluctant to come to Him because we misunderstand His heart toward us. We think that He's angry with us. We think that there are things that we've done that He could never forgive us of the fact is is that his love is utterly trustworthy it cannot be quenched in verses 9 through 10 we see the transformation that comes to this reality what does it say first of all that christ died for the ungodly that while we were still sinners christ died for us divine initiative is the first thing we see when we see God's love. But the outcome of that divine initiative is the transformation that comes from God's love. In verses nine through 10, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For while we were God's enemies, notice that, we were his enemies, and yet out of his love, he has moved to make right that broken relationship because we couldn't make it right for ourselves. We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. This is why for door of hope, the cross is the first pillar and it is the foremost because everything else that we do as Christians flows from the atoning work of Jesus. The cross is the center of the gospel. If we remove the cross, From the gospel, we drain Christianity of its blood. The cross is the only solution to the dilemmas of this world. And it is the most counterintuitive solution because the world gives us ladders to climb that exhaust its adherence. But the cross says, no, come and die with me. I have tasted death so that you could live. And look what happens, it says, For while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Here's the transformational piece of God's love. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? The good news of the gospel is not just simply that God forgives us of our sin, but his forgiveness comes through his very saving presence in our lives. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will send to you another helper, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the spirit of truth. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. This Holy Spirit is someone who comes to dwell within us. As we looked at last week, what does it mean to be a spirit-filled community? We need to understand that the Holy Spirit brings the love of God into our lives in such a way that we know that we are loved and we now have the capacity to love. None of this would be possible if Jesus just simply died but did not raise from the dead. The resurrection is crucial to our understanding of the cross. The cross is the door of hope because we enter through death into resurrection life. Death could not keep Jesus, but we couldn't speak of resurrection unless he died. And here we see the resurrection life of Jesus being the source of our power and our transformation right now. It is through Jesus's death, resurrection, ascension, and now the sending of his spirit where the life of Christ is now available to us. The Spirit of God dwelling within us. Jesus says, whoever loves me and keeps my commandments, I will come to him. My Father will come to him and we will make our home within them. This is the transformation. This speaks of that, as I've spoken before, of the holiness of God's love. That it is a consuming fire. That yes, God chooses to love sinners in their sin, but he is not content to leave us there that he actually wants to bring transformation to our lives, that he sets us free not to do what we want but to begin to do what we were created to do which is to be worshipers of him. That his love is a severe love. It's not weak or permissive but will attack and uproot everything that is unlovely in our lives. This is why I shared a couple weeks ago of even this journey that I've been on of giving up Alcohol it's it, it took a lot. There's was, there's was so much denial in our lives and for me There was just a lot of denial like hey, this isn't an issue This isn't a problem and it took the Lord just continuing to to probe at me and and make me feel Uncomfortable with the fact that I was replacing the spirit with something else I was looking for escape from stress rather than looking to God for a source of power and in those ways that we try to escape the problems of life, they only bring pain and heartbreak. But the love of God, when we allow the reality of Jesus to be the central focus of our lives, when we present ourselves as living sacrifices each and every day we say, Lord Jesus, I'm yours. It is then that Jesus is able to come in by his spirit and begin to attack and uproot the things that are unlovely in the beloved. We are his beloved and He is a consuming fire and God's love is severe and sometimes that burning hurts horribly. It always hurts to die to self. It always hurts to lay down something that we hold tenaciously to because we can't imagine something better, but there is something better than the things that we try to hold to and elevate to that place that only God should have in our lives and that is God Himself. And we cannot come close to the love of God without that love beginning to burn us clean. First John 1, 5 says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. This is what George MacDonald meant when he said, nothing is inexorable but love, for love loves unto purity. Love has ever in view the absolute loveliness of that which it beholds. And all that comes between and is not of love's kind must be destroyed. This is why I love to quote Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. That isn't just a negative word. It's that his wrath is his love violated and his wrath is his love burning fiercely against all that is unlovely and the beloved, which is you and I. He hates sin because it robs him of what he loves, which is you. Finally, in verse 11, we see the reunion that comes from the love of God. There is a homecoming, friends. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Jesus is love personified, and we cannot forget that Christ is in us by his Holy Spirit. And that reconciliation that comes through the atoning work of the cross is the outworking of God's love, his grace, moving toward us, making us not only new creations, but also bringing us back into a right relationship, bringing us home because we were created by God and for God. And our souls will continue to be restless until they find rest in him. Listen, you guys, there is a longing in the human heart. We're told in Ecclesiastes that God has placed eternity in the heart of humanity. And there is a longing. I think all of our longings really are connected to that central longing. We just don't know it. The lost don't know it that there is a desire to surpass the place where we currently are. But that desire is actually connected to the deeper desire, the deeper reality, the real reality in which all other realities hinge, which is that we were made for relationship with God. The thing that was lost in the garden was right relationship, not only with God, but with one another and even with ourselves. Reconciliation is about a reunion a right relationship we boast in god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have now received reconciliation god has invited us into relationship with himself through his son by the power of his spirit and the power of the gospel is not a, it's not about the ability to just simply live differently but it's to live relationally right with a God who loves us with an everlasting love. Now truly I can say this is the alien work of God. This is a gospel that comes to truly set us free. This is why the gospel produces within us a hope that does not disappoint because the Holy Spirit who has been given to us has poured the love of God out into our hearts. You guys, if you are struggling to believe today that God loves you, I just want you to pray these words, Jesus, show me that you love me. Help me to see it, to know it. I want to experience it. I want to walk in the power of this love. I want right relationship with you. And that's the question that I would ask you, do you want right relationship with God or do you want this or that thing from God? Because when we truly seek God for God himself, everything else takes its proper place. And then we can handle whatever we are going through, whether we are experiencing much or experiencing little, whether we're in health or whether we're in sickness, whether we're in community or in isolation, when we truly recognize that we are loved and we are not alone and that we are known by this King, then we can endure because this love will carry us through into eternity and this hope purifies us just as He is pure. I love you guys so much. Stay close to Jesus. Stay true to the Gospel. Until next time.
0: giver of life king of the cross you took me in you saved the lost giver of life Merciful my way